0: Hello, friends. Welcome to the Most homeless Podcast. I'm your host, Dammit Damien. All right, buddies. Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Uh, man, I got an exciting episode for you today because today I'm sitting down and I'm chatting with none other than one of my favorite filmmakers, comedians, and actors, Mr. Mike Berbiglia. Now, Mike is the uh, comedian behind the popular one-man shows. What I should have said was nothing. My girlfriend's boyfriend and most importantly, Sleepwalk With Me, which was then turned into the critically acclaimed feature film in 2012. Now, Mike was in Denver for a special screening and Q and A for his newest film, Don't Think Twice. The film opens this Friday in Denver at the Mayan Theater and is already available in select cities everywhere. Uh, Here's the official synopsis for Don't Think Twice. When a member of a popular New York City improv troupe gets cast on a hit TV show, the rest of the group, all best friends, start to realize that not everyone is going to make it after all. From the director of Sleepwalk With Me and the creator of This American Life comes Don't Think Twice, a critically acclaimed comedy packed with comic stars such as Keegan-Michael Keel, Jillian Jacobs, Mike Berbiglia, Kate Micucci, Chris Gethart and Tammy Sager. The film presents a hilarious and honest look at the lives of professional funny people in New York City. Please visit Don'tThinkTwiceMovie.com for more information. Now, this screening could not have come at a better time in my life because of today... Today, the day of the interview, and the day this goes up on online, is my 35th birthday. And I'm kind of going through a lot of the motions that's going on in this film. Uh, the film focuses, of course, on the lives and struggles of uh, improv comedians in New York City. The story, I don't think twice, can translate and hit home for any kind of creative person in the trenches uh, trying to succeed in art. Um, so the film hits hard for me. I'm plugging away, trying to figure out how to make a living at working in music and journalism. And, and a lot of my peers, you know, the ones that are doing well in this field have been at it for a long time, and it seems a little out of reach. And the rest of my buddies are jumping ship, and they're going for a more professional career path. Well, here's me. I'm still going out, plugging away, going to see bands or comedians three to four nights a week. And I'm just struggling to get by while working menial retail jobs, um, kind of like Chris Gethardt's character in the film who was, uh, you know, sampling hummus and chips. Now this is a life and love that I cherish and it's a life and love that the characters in the film cherished uh, But the question throughout the film is how much longer can it be sustained? How much longer can we keep going on and doing these things before real life kind of sets in or is this real life? Is there a way to make this work and for the trajectory of the characters in the film? They found themselves at similar turning points in their lives as I'm in right now Where their popular comedy theater is sold and slated to be turned into something like an urban outfitters You know the the film parallels a lot of the lives of music Musicians, like, like I said earlier, it's it's a movie that parallels creatives, and it reminds me a lot because it's an improv group of people, and and the one does seem to make it. Um, it's kind of like when a band breaks up. Because the lead singer goes on to have a successful solo career what happens to the rest of the band and this kind of shows a little bit of What happens to those people who aren't necessarily destined for success? And it's those people figuring out how to be successful in their own means and their own talents and that success is a very um, It's a very broad term because as as you kind of figure out and as I'm figuring out even though I'm very successful in my life doing what I'm doing and it brings me a lot of great joy And that's uh, that's kind of the themes of the film is uh, Figuring out how to balance all of those 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 things in this wild ride that we're all on, and uh, you know one of the cool things is don't think twice. It's a very raw, very emotional journey for these characters, uh, but it's also very sweet, very funny, and and a little bitter at times as well. And It really takes on this trajectory, and again, like I, I, I'm going to keep hammering at home, of any creative, any creative knows these feelings very well, and um, I, I'm not going to I'm not going to lie. It was definitely a tearjerker of the movie, and a lot of that goes down to Berbiglia. In his pitch perfect casting He takes very very familiar characters People like Julian Jacobs Who you re- recognize from Community or Netflix's Love Throws her into a very similar role As what she's been playing lately But gives her a lot more meat to work with A lot more meat and potatoes And she chews it up and just just owns the screen Kate Macucci, um, You know her from Carfunkel and Oates, Is the quiet little awkward ukulele girl And she plays that role But she plays it so well in this And really hammers it home And hits it out of the park And then you've got guys like Chris Gethardt, who's an acquaintance of mine. Uh, He's somebody I really, really look up to and admire. He's the host of the Chris Gethardt talk show on uh, Fusion. And you've probably seen him on Broad City or maybe you've seen one of his uh, most awesome uh, stand-ups. Uh, he doesn't have a special, you know what I mean. Um, and, and Gethard is this notoriously awkward and anxious character in his stand-up in then in, in Broad City and everything else. But what's great about this film is they really strip that all down. They strip that all away. And he's still that neurotic, anxious character. But you really get within and get inside. And... and, and, and and man, he just—it's just such a real, honest, and emotional journey for his character. And his his journey was the one that mostly put me in the tears and just really had me like, holy crap. And again, I, I'm turning thirty-five today, so I, I'm battling a lot of these same feelings and emotions as these characters on screen. So it really hits close to home. And I'm just—I myself am in a raw place. And this movie is just the perfect, 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 perfect thing that I needed right now. Now, uh, I'm going to quit rambling. Hopefully, you guys will go out and check out this movie, Don't think twice. Don'tThinkTwiceMovie.com, for all screen dates uh, in your city um, and find out where it's going, where it's going to be. Please go see it. Uh, if you go see it in theaters, Mike's going to tell us this in a minute, but if you go see it in theaters, there's a very strong chance that Mike will keep making them. And uh, theater is really the way to go. You, this is a movie to see with an audience. Uh, today, we're going to hang out, and we're going to talk to Mike Berbiglia about creativity. We're going to talk... Uh, Touch on topics about fears of growing up uh, Fear of getting older And how fatherhood um, How scary fatherhood is And what it changes your outlook of life Um, All this and a little bit more In the short little interview I got with Mike here Uh, Before we get into that Let's listen to a quick audio trailer for the film Don't think twice And uh, we'll be right back, buddies With that interview with Mike Raviglia Hey, um, we're auditioning for Weekend Live Congrats, man
1: you know, I auditioned for the show in 2003. I was inches. I was like inches. <laughs> in <laughs> improv, it's about living in the moment. Say yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can't do improv forever.
1: It ends. Your 20s are all about hope, and then your 30s are all about realizing how dumb it was to hope.
0: <laughs> this is You're
1: like 40. I just turned 36.
0: That should work. How are you?
1: I'm all right, you know. I'm barely, uh, barely awake, which might make for a good interview. <laughs> well, I like that. <laughs> um,
0: I'm going to go ahead and uh, get started. Yeah, are you ready? Cool. All right. Um, so, Damien here. I'm hanging out with Mike Birbiglia. Mike, you're just waking up. How are you?
1: I'm feeling good. Feeling good. I'm feeling good. Yes. I, You know, it's nice to be in Denver.
0: Nice. How was nice. the screening last
1: night? Feel good about it? The screening was good at the Landmark Mayan. It was, uh... That's an, a beautiful old theater. Yeah. Eighty-three years old. Yeah. It's uh Yeah, it's got a lot of character.
0: It, it's a, it's a good place to see, like something so big, and uh, it's good to see something so small, like your film, on that big screen, and then and really carry and hold that audience together, like it did last night. Yeah,
1: it is a film that's meant to be seen on the big screen. I mean, it's funny because I feel like a lot of independent films people see on VOD or iTunes and that kind of thing, yeah. but I will say, I think we can deliver on this promise that me and <laughs> Scott Cusio and Joe Anderson, our and production designer and DP like, went to great lengths so that they would experience it in a very specific way on, yeah. the, on the big screen. And, and also it's a movie where you laugh and cry, and I, like, I personally like movies like that, and I like experiencing them with strangers yeah. in the darkness.
0: It, I, got a, I got a screener of it yesterday to watch to prepare for this. Yeah. But I didn't watch it because I wanted to experience it in that theater oh, in the setting with everybody thanks. else. And it was definitely the right move. I went home and rewatched it again. Oh, wow. And of course, when I'm rewatching it again, I'm looking at my phone the whole time. Right. No, I'm I know. Attention. That's the problem. Um, That's I was really, time. well, we'll get to that in a minute. I had this really great question I wanted to start out with. I um, mean, you were just talking about how, you know, it's still early in the morning. Probably pretty raw for you. I know last night I was stressed out, you know, preparing for this interview. Yeah, um, Because for me, it's a pretty big deal to talk to you. Um, Sleepwalk with me was one of my favorite movies. I love your stand-up. I hope you like being buttered up because I'm going to do it for the whole (laughs) 20 minutes. Before you take me down. Um, And so, like, (laughs) last night I'm dreaming about what we're doing right now. I'm dreaming about you. um, And Thank God I don't sleepwalk like you do. Who knows what kind of adventures we might have gotten into in the late night. Um, But I'm curious, when you're out here promoting this film, or even working on it, what kind of stuff are you dreaming about? What's going through your head at night?
1: I think the other night I had a nightmare that I was being interviewed by Howard Stern. Oh no. And, you know, because I always dream about my heroes, you know, I used to dream about David Letterman. I used to have dreams where I'd be like going for a walk with David Letterman and he'd be like, you're doing it all wrong, (laughs) you know, that kind of thing, always disapproving uh heroes this <laughs> is stern i show up and he goes what is this movie I go, it's uh you know and i'm pitching it i'm fumbling in my words he's like i've never heard of this movie why are you here Baba Booey, why is he here <laughs> that's a pretty good dream have you met stern i met him once yeah i i, I was never on the show but i met him
0: you to um, be on the show yeah i hope someday but you have like worked with guys like Letterman and stuff too, right?
1: Well, I, I was on Letterman's show like five times, and so I didn't meet him. <laughs> oh no, that's terrible. <laughs> but uh, but then I did a USO event at Andrews Air Force Base recently with John Stewart and Judd Apatow and and David Letterman and John Mulaney and some other spokes, and uh, and I talked to Letterman for like seven minutes or something, which was the most I'd ever talked to him. And he goes, he goes, you were on the show, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, it was on four or five times. He goes, "Did it get you any work?" I go, "Yeah, it got me a lot of work. It really helped me." He goes, "Well, I'm glad to hear it. Nice." He only he only thought of it in relation to the work it yielded,
0: which is is not wrong. Yeah, it's not headed. Um What what is it like to meet guys like that, that who are your heroes? Do you still do you still always because, disappointing? Is
1: it? <laughs> no. no, I don't know. I mean, no, it's. I, it's fine but I've really over the years tried to lean away from meeting people who I admire who don't want necessarily to meet me because yeah. I always find that to be kind of a kind of a, 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 a I feel pesky in their lives I feel like I'm just another annoyance in their day from uh-huh. from what their agenda is and what they want to do
0: and get done that, that, that makes me uh I, I have this thing where I assume everyone has always for Immediately forgotten me, so I'm always reintroducing myself. Smart move, like, though. It, I do that too. Yeah. And people are like, oh, yeah, dude, I know who you no, are. No, I think
1: that's the way to do yeah. it, though. The worst is when when you just go to someone, you know, you go, Mike, I'm like, hey, <laughs> it's like we don't know. and You know, we haven't seen each other for 20 years from college or whatever, and you're everyone's aged and all that kind of stuff. You don't quite. You, it's out of context. Yeah. You see them at Disney World with your kid or something, and. It's like I don't like, hey, how about a little a little tip off of what your name is, where we know each other from.
0: <laughs> I, or I like the move where it's like, Hey, this is my friend Aaron. Mm-hmm. I'm Aaron, I'm Mike. You know, that kind of move.
1: Exactly. Um we could all be helping each other socially. Right. Oh. We don't uh, all have to fail socially all the time.
0: Oh. I, and I'm, I do it a lot. I don't know about you. No, me too. <laughs> uh, so let's let's just talk about the movie some more. Um, so what I like about you know Sleepwalk with Me, and in this movie, I don't know. If I'm sure other people picked up on it. Sleepwalk with Me is literally about dreams, like the dreams you have and how it relates to your life. Don't think, tw- don't think twice. Did I say that right? Yeah. Yeah. Don't think twice. I kept calling it never think twice. I don't know why.
1: Uh, never stop stopping. Yeah. Pop uh, star, never, never stop, never <laughs> stopping.
0: I, and don't think twice. Deals with dreams, but of a different variety. It deals with the dreams of stardom yeah. and creativity. Um, and, and, and why are what I like about it is um, it's super relatable for me. Both films, especially one where people are following dreams. Today's my thirty-fifth birthday, and I'm still chasing this weird dream of like uh, interviewing people and hoping to one day make a living on it. Sure, and, yeah. But um, so for me, it, it really comes into focus because even though. I'm not in improv, I'm still creative, who's still struggling with it. Yeah. Why aren't more people making movies about this kind of dreams and this kind of uh I, think there's, not, uh,
1: I think there's not a path to financial victory uh, for studios with a film like this. I think they, I mean, I was even lamenting, I was listening to Mark Marin's podcast with James, uh, James L. Brooks the other day, one of my heroes. And you look at these films, it's like, Broadcast news, one of my favorite movies, *Terms of Endearment*, and then you even look at one that's as recent as as good as good as it gets. You you made a hundred million dollars, or made whatever zillion dollars. They don't make movies like that. Mm. That's not an experimental film. That's a movie that made a lot of money, based on really strong characters and interesting story, complex characters. Studios just don't make it because it's not. It doesn't seem like a sure thing for them. It doesn't seem like they're gonna ten times their money, like they will on uh, the comic book movies. Right.
0: And I and I, I still love and appreciate those kind of movies. That's what I seek out. So that's yeah. probably why the moment I saw Sleepwalking with Me on Netflix, I'm like, I don't know anything about it. Play and fell in love madly. Thank
1: you. Um, so and we made it for you. <laughs>
0: well, not me.
1: For you and people like you, Yay. as they say on PBS
0: and so you're somebody yourself who has followed your own dreams and look at you now like you I know you're thrilled to be talking to me today I am yeah I'm kidding (laughs) Um, but so in in this movie is about people following their own path and how important is it out there for people listening who have that creative itch to go out there and follow their own path and see where that road leads
1: I think that my when it comes to sort of pursuing your passion um, I think you know I've been doing along alongside Liz Allen, who coached our fake improv group, The Commune. Um, she's this brilliant improv guru and author. We've been doing these free improv workshops in a lot of the yeah. cities that we go to, Phoenix, San Francisco, and Seattle, et cetera. And then I speak usually for about a half hour about how improv rules, say yes, it's all about the group, and don't think, all relate to all of my creative pursuits, writing, directing, acting. What I always say is, and I said this last night, is to, because you see the two improv mm-hmm. groups that were there last yeah, night, yeah. yeah. Competing um, improv groups. The competing. <laughs> uh, the, the, but the, they're friendly, anyway. Yeah, the, the uh, yeah, the, uh, I always say, you have the ability to to affect people when you perform for twenty people or fifty people mm-hmm. or two hundred people and make people laugh when they didn't think they were gonna laugh and that's really you know i i'm, I'm thirty eight years old and it's taken me years and years to arrive at this script and a film about the idea that you don't have to succeed in this one specific way you know you don't uh, you know, you don't have to be, you know, to say, you know, you don't have to beat Terry Gross right. or Mark Marin to do great interviews and um, and and be a great journalist. You don't have to be, you know, Bob Dylan to be a great musician yeah. and and affect people with your music. You know, it's. I, I feel like in this country we have this false sense of like that that um a lot of times that that success equals exposure or visibility and in fact success just means helping people and being being um uh, uh, you know uh, connecting with people and and just being a good person and trying to contribute.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and then it's super fulfilling. Like I'm, I'm never gonna make it big time. I'm never gonna be Mark Mariner, Terry Gross. Who's that? Well, right, correct. Thank you. Yeah. And um, But I feel super fulfilled in my own life just because one day I decided, hey, I'm gonna go interview people. And, yeah. and it's super fulfilling. And um, do you think you would be performing had you not reached any kind of level, like, any success, successes you have, you know what I'm saying? Trying to say it where it doesn't sound degrading.
1: Yeah, no, no, I, I, I don't know, you know, because I don't, I, I've, I've been lucky enough to be able to do what I want to do, and I've arrived at conclusions, but I, you know, based on that, but so I can't say what my conclusions would have been yeah, otherwise, right. but I will say that in retrospect, in my twenties, I was very misguided. Yeah. I feel like I was very much chasing this this you know, dangling carrot that maybe wasn't the carrot that I, I wanted or needed after all.
0: Yeah. And there's the quote in the movie that uh, Chris Gethard Your 20s are
1: about hoping, your 30s are about how dumb it was to hope. Yeah.
0: And, uh, you know, at 35, I kind of feel... Actually, I feel more hopeful in my 30s than I did in my 20s. Cause it's I a different like, type of hope. Right, different type of hope.
1: It's a more grounded sort of like, oh, I can see my... Life ahead of me. I feel like there's something about your 20s where it's like you don't even fully conceive of the idea of what the duration of your life might be.
0: It, it, it you just feel like you're just treading water, and now, now we're on a rhythm, where we're on a path that's going to lead somewhere.
1: Yeah, you hope so. And then the other thing is, you start to realize, I think, when you're 38, you know, your parents get old or you're or pass away. I mean, they're in, sadly, in a lot, in some cases. Grandparents are probably gone at that. You know, it's like start to realize like this is finite. <laughs> you sure as hell better do something yeah. that that you like and are contributing to society, yeah. or else you know it's it, it time's up at a certain point. Yeah.
0: And you had that hit you probably at an earlier age when you had the cancer I did. scare, right? That
1: was the biggest. That was my biggest turning point in life was when I had a cancer scare when I was 19. It really focused me on what I, what I wanted to, what I wanted to do, you yeah. know. And, I, and it, I had to do it fast.
0: It, it's sad that it's for some some people, like I've lost people, and that's what's kick-started my journey. It's, I, I try to tell people, don't wait until somebody's dead to go. My or God, what yeah. To, to go out there. Start it now. People now so those people can be proud. I, re- I really liked Chris Gethard's other line, um, I don't want my father to die thinking I'm a failure. Yeah. Um,
1: And even like, you know, you look at like Mitch Hedberg, who passed away at 37, I think had no idea just how big he would be, you know, Um, I feel like he's quoted around the world as one of kind of the great comics of all time now. He was a very heavily Denver-supported comic as well, actually.
0: He, He still is. You know, oh, yeah. So, I yeah, mean, yeah, sure. There's so many one-liner comics here that owe so much to him. But you owe a lot to Hedberg, too. Probably. Uh,
1: I loved Hedberg. He, I, I had to shake his voice from my brain <laughs> to, have to find my own voice. Nice.
0: And how do you, and, and that's a great place. Like, how did you discover your own voice and your own talent for this?
1: I think, you know, a lot of comics, Jake like Johansson Jerry Seinfeld, they say it takes seven years or they say it take, yeah. takes take ten years to find your voice. Um, I remember talking to Greg Giraldo once, one of the greats in my opinion also once saying that for years he sounded like a tell yeah. and then and then at a certain point he started sounding like himself and, and it's like I think it's like the thousands of hours on stage, eventually you just become less afraid of being yeah. yourself
0: nice. and um Let's talk talk some more about the movie. I'm probably missing a bunch of great spots. No, no, no. Um, When I watch Don't Think Twice, and again, I'm probably projecting my own insecurities onto it, um, but I I see it as a film about kind of a fear of growing up, and acceptance
1: uh, yeah I think Maybe. there are these guys are all definitely in the rest of development <laughs> and, yeah
0: um, and, and I know your daughter was born right before the film started production mm-hmm. so you were probably in the throes of writing the script <laughs> yeah what, what kind of um, influence did her impending you know birth yes. have on the film
1: well, I think it's a film I couldn't have written in my 20s because I didn't experience I didn't experience life in that way, you know. I, I, I in your thirties, you know, my wife and I decided that we were going to have a child, and it was a huge decision. It was a decision I that was aided by me going to therapy and uh, sort of grappling with, can I? Am I capable of this kind of love? Am I capable of this kind of selflessness? And decided, yeah, I'm gonna try. I, I think I'm gonna go for this.
0: Nice. And then how how is it how rewarding is it being a father is it everything you expected it to be is it better It's nothing you expected it to be <laughs> <laughs> It's it's
1: it's all these amazing uh, lovely things that you don't expect and then it's these awful terrible things that you don't expect and it's nothing like what they say but then simultaneously it's all the clichés nice, yeah. So it's it's all bets are off with having a kid it,
0: I don't even know what to say about it. <laughs> now, I know you're still working on this, but have you noticed her influence in anything else going forward? I'm sure every decision. It,
1: you know, it's that thing, the cliche that drives me crazy. I remember being in birthing class, and they'd say, Why do? are you most excited to have your child? And my wife and I would just, You know, what are you most excited about when you have your child? Or my wife and I would be like, We're not excited. We just want to make sure it's alive. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. like, like that thing. Like, we don't care about what's going to happen. We just want it to be alive. That's what we're working on. And then people would be like, I just want to see the world through the baby's eyes, you know, or baby's eyes. They always take out the, just go baby. You know, it's so, so annoying. And I was always like, we were always so irked by those people. And then you have the baby and you're like, I just want to see the baby through the baby's eyes. Yeah. And it really is true. Like you start to see things from, as, as they say, like a beginner's perspective, like the first time seeing a screen like that a painting like that a bottle of water like that and so you start to look at things like oh what is this well it's glass and it's got you know if i drop it on the ground it'll be have jagged edges and it'll make me bleed and like you just start to deconstruct these really simple things that you took for granted for so many years and you just it makes you take apart things more How how has that affected the stress of your
0: sleepwalking?
1: I mean, I I sleep well I just went to my sleep doctor the other day and I, I you know, I told him I I sleepwalk about six times a year. Okay. It's usually times of most stress yeah. and most sleep deprivation. And as I say at the end of sleepwalk with me, there's no cure, but you can you know, you can face it. You can deal yeah. with it. I take medication, I sleep in a sleeping bag. Thanks. Nice. <laughs> every
0: <laughs> I mean, every night in the sleeping bag?
1: Yeah, but in some ways it's I don't know. It's like Every night in a sleeping bag, yeah. In some
0: ways, it's like we
1: all have our thing, right? Yeah. And it's like,
0: could be worse. <laughs> could be worse. <laughs> I know, like, you um, know. I mean, you got a great film and stand-up, show or one-man show out of it, too. Yeah, I mean, people people have terminal diseases. People come back,
1: you know, from combat with, you know, missing limbs. People get, you know, hit by cars and are, are uh, and are paralyzed for, for, from the waist yeah. down from the rest of their life. I sleepwalk. You know, it's like it's it's uh, it's just a thing I have to deal with. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like we all have our thing. I
0: think we're getting the wrap
1: up single. I, I, I have my sanity. That's something.
0: Yeah. Uh, so don't think twice. <laughs> don't think twice. Comes <laughs> out Friday in Denver.
1: Yes. Yes. And uh, I'm super excited. About it. I'll pe- tell everybody. If people go, then I'll get to make another movie. Nice. That's my well,
0: bottom line. Nice. And thank you for giving uh, Chris Gethart an acquaintance oh of mine. God thank you for giving him a star making role every every time he was on stage I was crying
1: I kept telling him when we were making the movie like you know you're one of the stars of the movie <laughs> yeah. he'd be like yeah you know like he always kind of blew it off and and I think now yeah. the, all he's the acclaim he's getting it's starting to sink in, like, in he's a, he's in Europe right now he's We were texting yesterday, and he was just like the response to the movie's unbelievable. I was like, I told you this, like I told you, but like he, it was almost like he was in denial of being like a movie star for a period of time. Yeah.
0: Well, he's been after it so long. Yeah, he's been after it, so he's he's incredible. And that's what the movie's about. Yeah. Cool. Well, Mike, uh, we got to get out of here, but hey, thank you so much for it was a real pleasure talking, chatting with me. Thank you so Um, much for seeing the movie a couple times. Yeah, a couple times. I can't wait for it to come out on DVD so I can watch it a couple more. All right, buddies, Mike. Thanks so much for chatting with me today. I mean, I wish I had had maybe a little less coffee and a whole lot more time to hang out and talk with you, but man, what a hell of a way to kick off my 35th year chatting with one of my favorite comedic heroes. Um, The film is just goddamn great. Excuse my language there, but I can't help but say it. I'm I'm just that enthused with it. I've seen it twice already, and who knows? I might watch it again later today. I enjoyed it that much. Uh, Thanks to Sarah at Blue Integrated Communications, as well as the staff at the film. Arcade for helping putting this interview together um, it's kind of cool I know I'm kind of small potatoes small fries I'm not a huge outlet but uh, these guys uh, came through and gave me a chance and um, hopefully you guys please if, if you go see the movie don't think twice because of me please tweet uh, tweet out there And let them know That you heard about it On the Most of the Harmless Podcast It helped me uh, help helped me branch out And get a few more Interviews like this uh, Speaking of Don't think twice It opens this Friday At the Mayan Theater I've already said it Over and over again It's a damn great film And a hell of a ride um, Don't forget to Bring the tissues Because as funny As the film is It's going to hit All the right heartstrings To make a grown man cry Or at least a grown 35 year old man Such as myself And if you haven't Already seen it Please go and check out The film uh, Sleepwalk with me me. It's one of my all-time favorite films. I watch a lot when I have insomnia. Uh, the film is a slightly fictionalized look at Mike's struggles with sleepwalking while he's uh, balancing his early desire for doing comedy versus settling down. Uh, a lot of similar themes to this film. Um, it's really great. The, uh, Mike Barbiglia, the character, talks a lot to the camera. That's something I love. I, there's not a lot of movies like Sleepwalk With Me, and there are not a lot of movies like Don't Think Twice. Uh, Sleepwalk With Me you can find right now on Netflix streaming, and it's I already said don't think twice is opening this friday at the mayan theater here in denver and in select cities all across the country um so usually i end each episode with a song but you know we we didn't really talk about music today So instead of uh, ending this episode with some music, we're going to end the show with another clip from the film Don't Think Twice. This clip shows the group in action during their improv show, Um, and it's a damn funny scene. It's a damn funny movie. Uh, Please go check it out. And while you're at it, check out mostlyharmlesspodcast.com, like us on iTunes, subscribe on Facebook, you know, all that good stuff. So here we go with uh, another clip from Don't Think Twice. Buddies, thanks for tuning in today. We'll see you in the funny pages. Take care now.
1: And we are the commune. Yeah. So everything you see tonight is going to be improvised. And this show is really all about you guys. So, we want to know, has anybody out here had a particularly hard day? And, uh, something actually hard, like, not, like, your roommate ate your yogurt. It was still shitty when you ate my yogurt once. <laughs> uh, go ahead. Uh, I'm looking for an apartment and it sucks. Why, like, why specifically does it suck? The only one I can afford has the bathroom
0: in the kitchen mm. <laughs> Hi, great. Hi. okay, so as you can see we have uh, uh there's two bedrooms lovely. Uh, here is the kitchen nice uh, there's a beautiful bathroom. Uh, yes.
1: is that a toilet
0: yes, that is the 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 toilet is in the kitchen mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and uh, yes. who are they
0: they they are
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> they uh they are orphans they are uh- orphans. <laughs> <laughs> Orphans? Yes, the apartment comes with orphans. Yes,
1: yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, uh, uh, does the landlord mind if I paint?
0: Well, you can't paint the orphans. No, uh, but you can. But you can paint the walls. This is the yes. place
1: I was telling you about, baby. It has a lot of character. Hello, Good to this see you. is my husband. Stanley, a I to love meet you. it. Oh, it's great. Hey, well, I, guys, this is it. It's going
0: to sell today. You got to go for it. It's going to sell I'll today. I'll take it. it. I'm going to
1: take it. No, we'll pay 30 percent of the asking. Uh, well, i will pay 50 percent well, of the asking. We'll pay 100 percent of the asking. So, we'll I'll, I'll pay. I'll pay two million dollars for this apartment. For th- really, yes. Okay, what yeah. makes you want this apartment so badly? It's the orphans. <laughs> I want to raise them.